The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Good evening. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the program. Glad you're with us. I want you to get involved. I do, because it's more fun when we're talking to each other. 855-616-1620. That's the Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. If you call in, you'll be talking to Isaac. Isaac is back. I don't know what they did to uh, convince him to come back to the program for a night, but uh, Isaac is here, so be nice to him. You get to me. And if you want to uh, text us, we love reading texts. Uh, Some of them we read on the air. Some of them we just uh, laugh at privately. But that's neither here nor there. You know you can text us. And uh, you can always answer the text question of the night, which is, today is National Sausage Pizza Day. Ooh. What is your favorite pizza topping? And one pizza topping that you will never eat. So it's a two-part text question of the night. It technically may be text questions of the night, but I'm not changing the title. Uh, Favorite pizza topping and one that you just won't eat. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk a text line. Isaac, welcome back. It's been a while since, uh, since we've been together. What did they offer you to finally come back to the program? They uh, offered me a free sausage pizza for National Sausage Pizza Day. That's Listen, sometimes that's enough. That's all I'd need, you know, to work with myself. It's, it's all I needed. I don't blame you. Thank you. Uh, so everything's been good. This is, I'm going to, we're going to start the show with this. You just shared some news with me that's very exciting. Now, anybody who's listened to the program when you and I have been working together knows that you are a musician. Refresh people's memories of your band's name. Yes, I play drums in a band called Barely Civil. Barely Civil. And for a while during the summer, you were gone because you guys were doing an album. And you were out on the East Coast putting together and recording this album. And you just, you told me you just released a song yesterday, and there's some big news surrounding this song. Yes, uh, we, we did. We put out a song yesterday. It's already almost at a thousand streams on Spotify, which is pretty cool in my opinion. Yeah. And there's a uh, Milwaukee publication. I don't know if I can say the name on air or not. Um, right, a Milwaukee publication. Yes. Um, uh, one that's one that carries some weight in the arts industry. Would yes, you, would I would say fair? so. Okay. Um, but they have they have regarded this song as a contender for the Milwaukee Song of the Year, apparently. Wow. That's good because you're not going to have too many more coming up behind you with it being the middle of October. That's but true. Even, this is, that's very exciting. Congratulations. That's, that's really cool. What's Thank the name you. of the song? The song is called Coasting Mostly. I do have an instrumental version of it saved in our system here, so maybe we'll uh, hear it later. Yeah, let's bump back with that at some point during the night. Is this, um, now I don't know, to me, a thousand uh, downloads in a day seems pretty good. Even more than pretty good. Is that, uh, for music, is that the case? It, I, you know, I'm not really sure. We're in kind of a weird spot where like there's you know i i don't want to sound like i'm bragging but like we we that's more streams than a lot of bands that are kind of at the super local level get but a lot of our friends are easily getting a thousand streams on a song in a day so when they first release it so okay i don't know we're kind of in a weird limbo but i do think that being at almost a thousand streams after just releasing it yesterday is pretty good for us 
Yeah, that's nice. And to be in contention for Wisconsin Song of the Year. Milwaukee like Song of the Year. Or Milwaukee Song of the Year. Right, right. But yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty cool. That's it it doesn't lessen it that it's Milwaukee, uh, because Milwaukee's in Wisconsin. So I'm gonna stand by that. But no, that's very cool. Congratulations. Is this uh is this one of the songs that you produced when you were out east, or is this a new one since you've been back? Yeah, no, this is one from when we were out in Connecticut. Um oh my. And the we haven't announced the the album yet, but we'll we'll have some announcements on that in the new year. I hope so. That will be uh, that will be very so. You released. You released. A, do they still call it a single? Would this be a single that you released? Yeah, this was a single. We uh, we uh, we put this out now because we wanted to have released something in 2023. Yes. Because our last release was September of 2020, so it had been a while since we put anything out. Yeah, so it's time to uh, it's time to get barely civil back out there. That's what I'm saying. Get I, the word. Get I wanna, the word out. I want to hit the road say. again. Oh wow! Load up the van, head out. Hey man, we used to we used to be road dogs. I'm telling you, that's is back in the day. That was how you had to had to be. Is it with the internet and with uh, streaming and all that? Is is it that important anymore? I would imagine to you know you got to sell tickets and merch and all that. That helps you make money because streaming. Everybody knows you're not making any money off of it, but. Um, is it still as important to hit the road and play the clubs as it used to be? Not necessarily. I do know people who, you know, make a living off of music who have maybe gone on one or two tours in their entire life. Steely um, Dan? Yeah, Steely Dan. <laughs> they're, <laughs> you know they're my Dan? best that's friends. Cool. Man, that's excellent. Yeah, Dan and I grew up together. Wow. Um, so so you don't you don't know if you have to, but you want you want to. I I would really like to. We yeah, we when we were in college, we we did a lot of touring. Nice. Um, you know, anytime that our breaks all lined up, oh, let's go on tour. But we've since graduated and we all have actual jobs. So it's uh oh. a lot more difficult to uh to line things up. Jimmy quit, Joey got married. Should have known we'd never go far. Exactly. Exactly. Very summer of 69. Uh, it it is hard because giving giving yourself over to a career like music or when I was on the road for twenty years doing stand up it's it's a rough life and it's a major choice and it it is a very difficult kind of life to balance with quote unquote normalcy if you want to get married, if you want to have a family, if you want to have a job with some security and an IRA and all that kind of stuff, it's it's very difficult. But uh, you know, I'm glad I'm glad the single is uh, shooting up the charts. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, me too. All my stuff, all my references to music are going to be very dated. I'm hoping that Casey Kasem puts you on American Top Forty. Uh, maybe Dick Clark puts you on the bandstand. You'll have a nice beat that we can dance to it. But um, I'm I'm sure that uh, there's a whole different way to do things, and uh, I'm glad you're doing it. Well, listen, as it gets closer to the album release, we want uh, you know obviously we're going to want to hear about it, but uh, yeah, bump us back with uh, bump us back with the song at some point during the night because uh, this is excellent. <laughs> 
This is very, very nice. Yeah. A couple of texts real quick. Our text question of the night. It is National Sausage Pizza Day. Your favorite t- toppings on a pizza and you're the one you will never eat. Um, the 414, my favorite pizza topping is hot honey, anchovies, pineapple, and peppers. I absolutely can't stand pepperoni. Wow, that is an unusual. The hot honey, I'm seeing it a lot of places. Anchovies, I'm sorry. Hard pass. Peppers I like on a pizza. Pineapple, I still am not a convert. I I know that is a huge debate. I don't, uh, if you like, you know, my wife likes ham on a pizza. I don't. Some people like ham and pepperoni. Some like, or a ham and a pineapple, rather. I, uh, no thank you. But uh, to each his own. That's why uh, That's why we live in a pizza, wor- a world where pizza toppings are unlimited. Uh, from the 262, Italian sausage, please. My favorite topping for pizza, absolutely no pineapple. See, uh, not so hot on anchovies either. All right. Chuck says, sausage, mushroom, and onion, always, never, ever, buffalo chicken. And then Dave in Racine, uh, longtime listener, sometimes texter, favorite topping, sausage and pepperoni, and maybe a little bit of mushroom. By the way, it's my birthday today, so how about a birthday shout-out for Dave, uh, I think it Dave, it's either for Macon or from Macon or Dave and Racine. Dave, whoever you are, wherever you are, Dave, happy birthday. I hope you're enjoying uh, enjoying a pizza with your favorite toppings, of course, sausage and pepperoni. If I had to, um, if I had to pick without uh, shaming anyone, my go-to is sausage, pepperoni, green pepper, and onions. Sometimes, if something comes with some olives, I don't mind. Uh, I'm not going to hate on an olive. Uh, that's my that's my go-to. Uh, anchovies and pineapple are my no-go. Sorry, Isaac. What's your uh, what's your favorite? What's your no-go? I am a a huge sausage and mushroom advocate. Put a little green pepper on there. I think that's fantastic. I also am a big fan of like a margarita pizza with the fresh mozzarella and the basil. Oh yeah, that's a nice, that's a nice, simple, clean pizza. Yes, I, like I love it. I have never had an anchovy, and I don't plan to. All right, uh, James says chicken, bacon, and artichoke. Wow, that is that's an unusual combo. I would try that. I would try that though. I would try it. All right, we got a lot to do. Um, let's get to it. It's WTMJ Nights. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line. It's Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights, our text question of the night in honor of National Sausage Pizza Day. What is your favorite and least favorite pizza toppings? A lot of, uh, a lot coming in. Um, green olives is a favorite from the 972. Artichokes are nasty. Uh, from Deb, love chicken, pineapple, bacon with barbecue sauce. Don't like green peppers and pepperoni. Kelly says, favorite toppings, cheese uh, cheese and sausage pizza are pepperoncini and little cubes of cream cheese. I've never heard of that. She says, they slightly melt and are smooth and wonderful. Never had pineapple or anchovies on a pizza. From the 262, I worked at a pizza place, and we would spray pineapple juice on a ham pizza. Pepperoni and sausage are tied for number one in my book. I like those uh, two choices. Taylor sending a, pe- a picture of some sort of, uh, it's got pineapple, ham, and bananas. At some point, uh, we need to stop. I, I Taylor, listen, I, you text often. We're glad you're here. Uh, bananas on a pizza? 
Mm, all right. Quick Trip Meat Sweats is the best frozen pizza. That sounds good. Stuffed pizza is pizza, not lasagna, and no buffalo chicken. Uh, 262, no anchovies for me. Well, listen, hopefully we can all still afford to get a pizza in this day and age. You know, things have been going up. I'm not telling you anything new. If you go to the store, if you uh, are paying a bill, anything, we know that uh, money is getting tighter and tighter. And a lot of people are being hit with what is being called financial anxiety. Now, it seems pretty self-descriptive, right? We're worried about our money, but uh, it is affecting us a lot. Um, there have been studies out that, uh, excuse me, are saying high, high percentages of people are unable to sleep. It's affecting their mental health because we're worried about not only our money, but how we're going how we're going to pay and the other thing is um that financial worries usually don't like it's it's not like if you can't sleep one night because you've got a presentation tomorrow or you have an interview or you know it's your first day of school we've all had those kind of those kind of things but with financial issues they usually last and so it really keeps eating away at us um, an April survey this year by Bankrate showed 52% of the more than 2,300 adults surveyed said money has a negative impact on their mental health. Um, the top-cited money-related issue, negativity in, negatively impacting mental health, being insufficient emergency savings. Uh, and these were people who would be considered struggling financially, but it was also people who seemed pretty well off. And they were, they were nervous as well. Of those who said money is a stressor, 29% said they worry about it daily. And uh, listen, I don't think any of us are beyond that. If you are, if you don't have financial worries, congratulations. Uh, I'm quite envious of you. I don't know... Um, I don't know how that would be in life to not have any money worries, but uh, good for you. So as things, as our anxiety about that grows, it's going to grow exponentially when there's a, a big crisis. Maybe you got laid off, you lose your job, your car breaks down, you need a new furnace as, you know, as we start turning on the heat, something comes on, you're, somebody gets sick and you have some medical bills, um, so according to the experts, this can lead to more anxiety and more issues because people will sometimes turn to more dysfunctional behavior to try to get out of the money. It's like a gambler who's trying to chase, keeps losing and losing, but oh, the next one, the next one, the next one. That's kind of one of that's one of the behaviors that the experts say people turn to. They'll start gambling in hopes that, you know, one big win will change everything. That's why I was playing my $10 Powerballs for the last couple of weeks. You know, out of, I think I played $40 worth. I won 8 bucks, so I'm only down $32. But I didn't win the big one last night. So, you know, uh, I was chasing. I, I had big plans for that $2, $2 billion, almost $2 billion. I would probably then have slept very soundly. My financial anxiety... I, I say it would probably go away, but it probably wouldn't, you know. You got, there's always some sort of financial worry. You have that kind of money, you're worried that somebody's ripping you off. 
that the people you've hired to take care of your money are not really going to take care of you. They say that you should uh, try to talk to somebody if this is if you know that your financial situation is really starting to mess with your mental health. Um, but people are reluctant to talk. They'll talk about other therapy. People, you know, we focus a lot on mental health, which is great. Uh, people will see a therapist. They'll talk to counselors. Um, they'll talk to their friends about it. But if you're having money troubles, it's embarrassing in a lot of people's minds to talk to their friends about it. Um, and so since this doesn't, just resolve itself uh the experts all say yeah you should you know you should try to talk to somebody and try to get uh you know try to get a little help but uh, you are not alone in that in this world every everybody has some sort of financial worry and uh you know oh from the 414 i was always told therapy is for wussies you could not be more wrong 414 that kind of thinking is for wussies there i said it hot take isaac Coming out, coming out hot in the first half hour of the show. Therapy is not for, not for wussies at all. Therapy, you know what? And I'll be honest, growing up, that was kind of what I was, I was taught to. But now I have evolved into the man you hear before you. <clears throat> well, I don't know how much I've evolved, but I've accepted the fact that, you know, sometimes the, the pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality that sounds all well and good till you realize you don't have any boots and then you're in trouble. All right, we got to do this. News coming up next, WTMJ Nights. Back to WTMJ Nights. <laughs> oh, yes. Lonely hearts. <clears throat> it seems that women are better at women are better at handling relationships, I think, and better at being uh involved and social and getting out there and making a choice guys are guys are not i'm brian Noonan. i'm a guy i'm not 855-616-1620 is the old national bank talk and text line if you want to get involved i saw this headline and i thought to myself oh gentlemen we are failing miserably the rise of ai girlfriends is making male loneliness worse and risks ruining a generation of men i thankfully am past that generation I do not. Uh, Isaac, you're a young man. Are you familiar with AI girlfriends? Not personally, but I've I've heard about this. I've read some some articles. It honestly kind of terrifies me. It's very creepy, and the creepy part is that it's all geared toward dudes. There are I don't see a lot of uh, apps for women looking for AI guys because women probably figure. Uh, real life guys are such a pain to deal with. Why would we want to deal with one virtually? Where guys are like, I don't care. Give me, give me some computer generated girl, and that'll be fantastic. Um, according to a professor um, of, she's a pro professor of the practice of data science. She asked her class of mainly eighteen year olds what social media apps are on. She says that helps her gauge where the kids are and what's going on in uh, younger people. Uh, one of the male students said he had an AI girlfriend, and she said that surprised me that he came out and said it so openly. I think AI girlfriends have been around for a while, but they become increasingly more mainstream, so people are willing to talk about them. I would be embarrassed if I had an AI girlfriend. You could not uh, torture that information out of me. 
No, uh, that'd be that'd be my private shame. On my deathbed, maybe I share it with my real life uh, partners. I tell my wife, you know, I'm sorry, but uh, back when you know we were first married, I had an AI girlfriend. That wouldn't go over well, even on my deathbed. So this one app, uh, Replica has uh, more than 10 million users in 2022. They saw a 35% increase during the global pandemic. I get it to a point. I get that, that a lot of people were lonely, but you're not going to be less lonely by having a, uh, an AI girlfriend. She just, she just can't. One woman uh, in May created an AI version of herself. It was designed to be a virtual girlfriend. She was flooded with subscribers willing to pay to have a relationship with the bot. Within a week, she had a thousand paying subscribers and a wait list of more than 15,000 people for an AI girlfriend. Um, there, the, the professor published her thoughts and called in an article called AI girlfriends are ruining an entire generation of men. The article theorized that the next step is an AI girlfriend that can meet all your needs. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. I think you know what I mean. Um, she said, it's not a virtual girlfriend. It's a girlfriend that by definition learns from you what you like and what you don't like. The AI girlfriend never has a bad day. So these men have these perfect relationships and never have to deal with the ups and downs. <laughs> Oh my God, of a real relationship. Uh, I will I will go on record as saying, yes, real relationships can sometimes be very, very difficult because real women don't always do exactly what you want them to do. And Isaac, I don't know if you want to agree with me. You're more evolved than I am. That causes tension when they don't just do what you tell them to do. My girlfriend is, uh, is very independent, but yes, I... Yes. Uh, I, I don't know how much I can say here. No, listen. If my, I'm sure I, I'm sure if my wife heard me say that, I'm going to take a, a frying pan to the head when I go down. No, I want I want a, a real life woman to have her own thoughts and feelings and yes. be independent. And, of course, you know, because but um, there obviously there's a lot of guys who just want a robot to uh, you know or an AI generated woman. Um, from the 414, I think this is a great potential future for some of us who struggle socially with girls, whether from a financial standpoint and providing for someone else, or that we don't have much social interaction or friends. Yeah, but I, I get that. And I, um, you know, I understand, I understand people being socially awkward and not having a lot of places to meet people. And now, you know, once the pandemic came and people weren't going to work, work is a big, a big place where people meet. Uh, any sort of social gathering is where people meet. We couldn't do that for a number of years. People got out of practice of going up and talking to somebody. And I remember how hard it is when you are a single guy to approach women. It, it, it is tough. The guys who make it look easier are usually a little bit uh, hmm, 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 sus in, in the parlance. Slimy was in my my day. Um, and they just don't care. But if you, you know, if you're really, uh, for whatever reason, attracted to somebody and you want to talk to them, you're going to be a little bit nervous. And uh, so it, it, is, it is tough. But this is a relationship that isn't real. And I don't think it's going to help anybody get over being socially awkward in 
on the other end of the spectrum, I think it is going to be even more difficult. Um, the nature of an AI girlfriend, according to this professor, risks men choosing the bots over a real relationship, which could eventually lead to more single men and affect the birth rates in the United States. This is a very scary statistic. Data from the Pew Research Center showed that in 2022, 34% of women were singled. Isaac, how many, what percentage of men do you believe were single? 66 you are unbelievably close. 63%. Whoa. Two-thirds of men are single. Only a third of women are single. That makes it um, that makes it even tougher. It's, you know, it's really rough. Uh, so I thought it would be fun, Isaac, if we created an AI girlfriend. Oh no. Yes. Uh, if you, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm happy to put in the parameters. You can help if you want. Uh, we're going to look into this. Uh, it's if it's real from the individual's perspective, who's to say this is wrong or scary? If I well, can, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying it's scary because it it will isolate an individual more, and it's not real. You're feeding this image your information so you're always going you're basically creating a i don't know a slave i would go so far as to say that you can't really develop new social skills like that if you don't have a little bit of conflict you know yes you got to take a risk if the ai is always agreeing with you you're not learning anything from that exactly and if you can't be there for your girlfriend when she's had a bad day what kind of boyfriend are you I don't know. We're going to create our AI girlfriend. We'll talk about this a little more. Um, this 414, uh, another 41, or the same 414. Um, you know, you're basically creating, they say you're basically creating your personal best possible partner. But again, what are you going to take? What are you going to take your laptop out to dinner? You take your iPad to the movies so you could go on a date? Uh, you know, there's, and let's not, we're not even talking about the physical, like even just holding hands or sitting on the couch with your arm around your girlfriend or your wife or your partner uh, to watch a movie. That's all gone. You're just going to have, it's basically a chat room with an animated face. We'll build one of those and talk about it a little more on the other side. It's WTMJ Nights. More WTMJ Nights coming up. This is WTMJ Nights. Ryan Noonan, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. We are talking about AI girlfriends. A professor is saying, listen, this is uh, this is not going good. It, it risks, it's going to increase male loneliness and risk ruining a whole generation of men. And I can I can see where this professor is coming from with her writings because there's no way that talking to a computer-generated girlfriend that you created is going to fulfill the loneliness that you really need. It, it, in my opinion, it is going to build more walls. It is going to make people more socially anxious. And it's going to lead to isolation. But we figured, let's try to build one. So I, I found the number one, according to this, the number one 
uh, AI girlfriend generator site. So, uh, Isaac, let's build let's build us an AI girlfriend, a, a WTMJ Nights AI girlfriend. I can't wait. All right, we're about to build your AI girlfriend. You will first build her appearance. Are you ready? Yes. All right, here are our choices. Ethnicity. We can pick a Latina, white, black, or Asian. I don't think I want to choose. All right. Um... I lo- listen. I love all these uh, all these uh, ethnicities. Uh, I'll go with a, a white woman now. Age: eighteen plus, twenties, thirties, or forty plus. Forty you can plus. Pick the- forty plus. All right. Uh, your AI girlfriend can look however you want. Which body type do you desire? Petite, fit, thick, or BBW? But let's go thick. thick. Like, yeah, I like some curves. All right. What hair color do you like, Isaac? Blonde, brunette, redhead, or uh, like a different? It says colored, like purple or blue or something like that. Let's go with uh, with a purple. Let's let's get get colored wild hair. With All it. right. Yeah. Uh, now they want chest size: small, medium, large, extra large. You can decide this one. All right, I'll pick large. Tattoos: yes or no? Sure. I'm gonna go. Yeah, let's, uh, let's spice it up a little bit. Now we're gonna build their personality. This is where things get fun. Um, this is this is the kind of um, it says AI girlfriends can fulfill many desires. See, right now, even as we're doing this, I'm like, there is only one reason people are creating these girlfriends. Yeah, they they gotta be careful with the wording there. Yes, which character you want? Do you want this girlfriend to have casual, nympho, girlfriend, or other? I don't know what the other would be. Yeah, what what is what is other? It, all right, let's click other and see. It does, it just moves you on to another thing, so we don't know. This all is going right. to be a mystery. Sometimes it's best to share mutual interests with your AI girlfriend. Keep in mind, you can change this later on. Do you share any interests below? Sports, gaming, movies, or other? Other. <laughs> other. Let's Yeah, let's go with some others. Oh, he's, they're creating our AI girlfriend. In just a moment, your AI girlfriend will be ready. Oh, but now we have to sign up. No, forget it. Uh, oh well, not, I don't want to sign up, and uh, I don't want to sign up and get, have to have to buy my AI girlfriend. I am curious, though. I'm curious what our others were going to be. You know, I'm curious as to if we get fired after this show. Why? There's nothing. I, we're you know. It's I don't all, know, it's, man. It's all in the name of science. That's true. We didn't, That's true. It's we for, didn't say anything it's for we didn't research say anything purposes. Scandalous. Yeah, we didn't say anything. Uh, that uh, was lurid. All right, here, according to some articles, the pros of having a virtual girlfriend. Less conflict than in real-life relationships. AI relationships are not as time-consuming. There is no intimacy of involved in AI relationships. All of that seems to me like the exact opposite of trying to build a relationship. Yeah, I think most of those are cons. Yes, but they are listed under the pros. Here are the cons. Uh, cyber crimes involving artificial intelligence. Sure, guys get all worked up. and the What? My artificial girlfriend wants my credit card number? Well, she'll probably just send herself flowers or get me a nice birthday gift. Uh, lack of presence in an, in an AI virtual girlfriend relationship. Yes. Like I said before, not, and I'm not talking about you know, sex. I'm talking about just those little intimate moments that you have with a real human being, you know, walking by in the morning, putting your hand on somebody's shoulder, uh, sitting with your arm around somebody while you're watching a movie, just 
having somebody say something so surprising because they're their own human being that you start to laugh uncontrollably because they shocked you with something they said. Uh, another con, users can develop an addiction to virtual relationships. Yes, I can see that too. What was the, what was the movie you mentioned? Her, her, right, with Joaquin Phoenix? Yes, Her. Her. Fantastic he movie. In, he fell in love with the, kind of a, um, a Siri kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was... I, I pronounced it ex machina, but you said ex machina. Yes, I believe it's ex machina. I, you're probably right. I mispronounce things all the time. But that was all about AI, and there was an AI uh, assistant slash girlfriend slash um, romantic partner in this movie. So that was uh, that was crazy. Pardon me. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I disagree. If they find happiness is that in that, who is anybody to criticize? That's, you know what, I think as as much as people are free to do that, other people are free to criticize. So, you know, Godspeed. If that's yeah. your thing. If it's really something it. you want to do, we, yeah. we we can't stop you. No, it's not illegal. It's just I, I, I don't see it fulfilling the real need down the road. I see it being uh, a stopgap measure, you know. Maybe if you just got out of a really bad relationship – and you're like, I don't, I don't want to argue with anybody anymore. I'm going to go in. I'm going to create my, my ideal lady. And again, why is it just guys doing this? Why? I, I mean, I'm sure women can do it. But there's not, when you, when you Google AI companions, it's, it's women. It's not, it's not uh, AI men for the ladies. Um, from a 414, I have more than a few friends who have gotten serious illnesses over the years. They never would have made it through without the love and care of their wives or girlfriends. Good luck getting an AI girlfriend to do that. Well, that's part of the, yeah, that's part of the human connection that is, that is missing from this. No matter, no matter how you slice it up, there is, there is a human connection missing because everything you're getting back is what you've told somebody else to do. And if you've ever been in a relationship in real life with somebody like that, it's it's boring and it's you don't last. I don't know anybody who wants somebody who will just parrot back what they say and never have an opinion and never be able to, you know, uh, just have a different take on something. It's not even argument. It's just have a different take when two people look at something. All right, we've got to take a we got to take a little break. Then it's going to be news time, and then we're going to turn our attention from AI girlfriends to real-life football players. Brandon Snide joins us for another edition of Tundra Talk on the other side of the news, which is after this on WTMJ Nights. Don't go anywhere. More WTMJ Nights coming up. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. It's time for Tundra Talk on WTMJ Nights. Here's your host, Brian Noonan, with Brandon Snide. Oh my goodness, welcome back. Yes, it is Tundra Talk. Brandon is here. Uh, Brandon's not joins us every week to talk about the Packers. We have not had a lot of joy 
to discuss uh, <laughs> recently, Brandon, and this week was no no different. Um, I was following some of your tweets. It seems like you were, um, well, obviously you're upset, <laughs> which uh, who can blame you? you? You were calling out the defense primarily in your tweets, but correct me if I'm wrong, other than two big dr- drives that they gave up to the Raiders that ate up a lot of time, the defense didn't really give up that much that much more what did you what were you seeing that i wasn't seeing no i mean i think uh, brian you know it's it's a culmination of, of different things right like the 10 play 62 yard drive that it resulted in a touchdown where they're just you know death by a thousand paper cuts which just drove me absolutely nuts soft coverage <laughs> at the goal line where the safety heels are literally in the end zone i mean you're you're just telling the slot receiver there, you know, hey, you know, have a touchdown because, I mean, you're playing 15 yards off of them. Preston Smith covering Devontae Adams. I mean, it's the same thing that we've kind of seen for the last few years under defensive coordinator Joe Barry. And my frustration on uh, Monday night was because this unit, look, there's no secret. The offense struggled, but that was not unexpected. I think you and I, discussed that prior to the Chicago Bears game about a month or so ago. Right. We knew the offense was going to have its ebbs and flows. It's a, it's a fluid situation with the youngest roster in the NFL, the youngest receiver room in NFL history. There, there's that, that was expected. What's not expected was a, a unit that is loaded with seven first-round draft picks since 2016, all pros at every level, Kenny Clark, Devondre Campbell, I know he didn't play, uh, and Jair Alexander in the secondary. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon, also all pro, but he was a kick returner, but he's in the secondary as well. And the expectations are, I think, for that defense, they should be higher than what, you know, we've grown accustomed to as Packer fans. And it was frustrating watching Jimmy Garoppolo drop back, you know, find wide open guys running in the secondary. Jair Alexander with his arms up, looking at Rasul Douglas, talking about communication. It's it's a unit. You kind of Jair. I don't know if you missed the uh, or if you heard Jair Alexander post game. You know, saying, "Well, as a defense, I mean, I don't know how you took it. How pe- people I know on Twitter took it a little uh, like he was undermining the offense. Like basically, we got to shut offenses out, or and we got to score points. I mean, at at some point, yeah, you got to do something, right? Yeah. Like you defenses are always you expected any... to do something like that. Yeah, and I think that for a unit that most of the finances have been directed towards to Jair Alexander, Devondre Campbell, Kenny Clark. Um, you're expected to lead this team. You know, that's, that's the unit that the Packers offense should have to lean on because, you know, it's a unit and the offensive side of things for Jordan Love, that is going to be a roller coaster. And you've, we've in five weeks, we've already, we've already witnessed it, right? Two wins. Right. One was a 17 point comeback. One was a domination of the bears. And then you had a bunch of, ups and downs throughout the course of that and a handful of losses, of course. But for me, at the defense, it's just frustrating because we're kind of seeing the same things, Brian. I don't need Preston Smith defending Devontae Adams. He's the best receiver the NFL has seen in the last decade. Why is a 280-pound linebacker covering him? I think that was a surprise to everybody, including Devontae Adams. <laughs> Maybe Preston Smith too. <laughs> yeah, it was like, wait, wait, why am I covering him? Uh, all right, so but that's not the we, first time. That's not the first time Preston's done that, though. He did that to Justin Jefferson lash on the outside, Brian. Like this is the stuff with Joe Barry that drives me nuts. You got to lean into if you're if you're Joe Barry, you got to lean into your strengths on defense. I don't need 
my pass rushers guarding a receiver in the slot or on the outside. Put Jair, put Rasul Douglas right on him. I don't need him playing off 10, 15 yards and get to the passer. We've, it's simple. I mean, it's, it's little things. And Matt LaFleur said it, I believe it was after the week four loss. He said, we can't keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. And that's all we've seen with this defense. And yes, to end the point here to your question, they did play well. That's also one of the worst teams in the NFL. Sure. So it's not like they went out there and stopped Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. All right. Well, if, they, if this is the case, that everything you, all your points are valid, this is not a new problem. So do you look at Joe Barry, you know, this being his last stand with the, with the Packers, that if, if things don't change on defense and he can't get these players and you listed off all these qualifications for all the, for the defensive unit, does that, does that not bode well for his future down the road? No, I, I think it's. I think Joe Barry is, is going to be on his way out, uh, unless you know. And I and let me let me clarify too. I don't. I don't wish anybody sure, to be fired. No, no. You know. I don't. I don't. You know. But it's it's. We're at the point where our expectations are not meeting the outcome on the field. Again, Brian Gutenkins has invested a lot into this defense. I mean, a lot. Two first round draft picks in 2022. Eric Stokes. I mean. You can go off, I think, they have uh, Lucas Van Ness this past season. I mean, these are all first-round draft picks on this defense and guys that are paid handsomely, and we, I told you a few of them before. At some sure. point, Joe Barry has got it. At some point, the finger's got to be pointed at somebody. It's not going to be pointed at Brian Gudenkins. It's not going to be pointed at the guys that are making all the money or, and getting all the accolades on the field. The common denominator is Joe right. Barry. And, and part of the blame needs to fall on head coach Matt LaFleur. Because Matt LaFleur should have let him go a year ago when the defense underperformed yet again. However, he wanted consistency within his coaching staff going into the next year with the NFL's youngest roster, which I can, I can understand and I can respect. However, this is a league where you need to perform. You need to see, you know, we need to see something. And every week we see the same thing with the defense that just struggles to stop the run. They're playing soft coverage. You got guys playing out of position, guys pointing at each other on the field, players after the game, post game, talking about what they should do instead of this or that. To me, it's a mess. And it falls squarely on the head of Matt LaFleur, and he needs to fix it. And I'm assuming that it's going to be directed towards Joe Barry at, at the season's end if this, you know, trajects into yeah, if things don't what turn we've around. grown, you know. Right. right. And, and, and look, and, it's, and from here on out, it's a pretty, it's a fairly favorable schedule you got four more winnable games i think through before you hit december there's no reason for you not to have a good month or so if you're the packers defense well especially when you're looking at the next game you've got a week off to get people rested to make your adjustments then you go to denver and uh, boy if uh, if the raiders are not a good team denver is equally <laughs> not a good team so it should be, again like you said it's one that should be winnable. Uh, Brandon Snyder is with me as he is every week on Tundra Talk here on WTMJ Nights. We're going to take a quick break. And then uh, let's turn to the other side of the line. Uh, Jordan Love, a rough day when it came to interceptions. We'll talk about that and more with Brandon Snyder here on WTMJ Nights. The night is still young. More of WTMJ Nights coming up next. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. 
WTMJ Nights. I'm Brian Noonan. He's Brandon Snide. This is Tundra Talk. We do it every Thursday. Uh, the Packers, as you know, on a bye week, coming off a disappointing loss to the Raiders in Las Vegas. Uh, the Packers dropped that game 17-13. All right, Brandon, we talked about the defense and how they need to step up and get their act together and uh, you know tighten up the coverage and all that. We knew going in, and, and it's hard when you say this, we knew going into the season, as you mentioned, youngest youngest roster in the league, Jordan Love in his first full year of uh, being a starter. He's, play, he's played okay, you know, considering. Three interceptions the other day, two in the fourth quarter, um, not great throws on either one. Where, what do you think was going on? Yeah, and I think you're looking at a guy, Brian, who, again, we talked about it every week. I feel like we talk about Jordan Love, as we should. Yeah. He's a guy where each each week he's going to see something new, right? Every week he's going to see a new scheme, a new defense, you know, different players. He's, this week was Max Crosby. He got to know quite well, unfortunately. Yes. Um, you know, you're looking at a guy right now, and Matt LaFleur talked about it in his post-game press conference, that is trying to lead an offense that does nothing good, right? They don't run the <laughs> right. ball well. Their That's identity true. their identity is missing. Like, they don't have an identity, Brian. Like, for, for years, we could count on Aaron Rodgers to Devontae, or you could count on, you know, Brett Favre to Antonio Freeman. You had that, you know, that, that uh, something to lean on as far as an offense. Right now, you just you don't have that yet. And, and, and it's going to get there. Eventually, you'll get there, uh, whether it be with Christian Watson, Luke Musgrave, or, or Romeo Dobbs. And I think – Jordan Love to Romeo Dobbs is a good connection. They're just it, it's a it's a it's it's a work in progress. And I think what you saw on Thursday was a guy that I don't think he had a, a whole lot of help uh, Thursday. I thought AJ Dillon had a much better game. He had the rushing touchdown. I believe he was somewhere around the ballpark of 70, 75 yards. So he had a fairly decent good game. You didn't have Aaron Jones again, and I think we need to also understand that Brian that since the start of this season, Jordan Love has not had his full complementary of offensive weapons or his right. offensive line for that matter. You know, well, that's, so, I was, I was going to get to that because that is something that we have talked about every week. You know, we, we know the left side of the line is suspect. Uh, we know that he's missing, you know, he, he's missing uh, Christian Watson. He's missing, uh, you know, yeah. his, like you said, his weapons. So, where did where do we go from that? Because you've got a guy who's while he's been he's been in the organization, you're, like you said, he's seeing new things every week. So what are the what is the organization going to do to protect him so that you know as the season goes on, these new things he's seeing, and uh, there's going to be guys as good or better than Maddox that are going to be coming looking for him. How are they going to remedy this? Yeah, it's a great question. It, it, it begins and ends with his play caller, Matt Lafleur. I mean, that's that's where the that's where it stems from. And, and if you recall, in in, in 2019, 2020, Rodgers and Lafleur bumped heads. I think we all can recall mm-hmm. those days where he's screaming at the sideline. Uh, they bumped heads, and I think Lafleur is a guy where he's also in a transition phase. And I understand he's been the head coach, he's been an offensive coordinator before, but he's also learning what Jordan's good at, what Jordan's not good at. And I understand that. Jordan Love has been in this system because I get told all the time every day, well, he's been <laughs> in the system for three years. He should be this or that. That that practice doesn't equal game reps, okay? That, that, right. It's not the same. I can practice all day on Wisconsin's morning news, but getting it you know, in the morning and doing it is a whole different story. 
So for him, it's it's just you know you know learning what Jordan's good at, what Jordan likes, what Jordan doesn't like, and and yes, they have all training camp, they have the OTAs, but again, there's a lot of different moving parts within those practices. But to answer your question, it starts with Matt Lafleur. His play calling has been, and I tweeted about it after or during the game uh, as well. It's just it's been awful. You know, it's been awful. It's been it's been very predictive, right? You know, I believe three straight series on. Monday night, the first three play calls of each of those three series were the same: run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass. I mean, you gotta you gotta understand that for for a young quarterback, you know, he's got to be able to quick throws. Those intermediate short throws, Jordan yes. Love, his completion percentage is immaculate. It's great, and that's what you want with a young quarterback. You kind of seen it a little bit down south in Chicago. What they've done with with Justin Fields, get the ball out of his hands, right? right. And just in the last two Mon- weeks, Monday- he's been doing those throws right. that you're talking about. Yeah, and, and I think those will play into, number one, you're going to get comfort out of your quarterback, right? He's going to be comfortable making sure. those throws. He already has shown that. And then you open up that downfield passing game and eventually stretch the field. Now, you've only had Christian Watson for one actual full game. I know he played against the Lions, but Christian Watson wasn't healthy and he didn't play all the snaps. He was on a pitch right. count. That game, so you would you would anticipate you get Aaron Jones back, uh, and that should be your identity. In my opinion, that's your that's your guy. That's your home run hitter. That's your right. featured back. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. You lean on Aaron Jones right now. Since outside of Week One, they have not been able to lean on the running game. AJ Dillon has struggled. You and I have talked about it. It's well mm-hmm. documented. AJ Dillon has struggled to run the ball, and it's nothing against AJ Dillon. He's not a feature back. He's the mayor of Door County. He probably does a fantastic <laughs> job at that. Sure. But he's not your feature guy. You're not going to give him the ball 25 times a game like you would for a guy like Aaron Jones. And I think once you get Aaron Jones back healthy, and I hope and pray that they get Aaron Jones back healthy against uh, yeah. the Denver Broncos, that's you're going to see an offense, in my anticipation, Matt LaFleur kind of talked about it on uh, Tuesday at uh, before he went off to the bye week, that when they get that guy back, that's where your offense is built around. And for Jordan Love to go into a situation, I think folks forget too, Brian, that this is he, he's made five starts, six total right. in his career, five this year. I mean, we're talking he's essentially a rookie quarterback. And I know he's been here in Green Bay. He know, but I'm telling you, it's completely different when those lights get flipped on and things are different. And 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 again, not always on Jordan, because if you watch the the tape, the all twenty two, the you know, all angles. You got guys running the running into each other on a route. Luke Musgrave and Christian Watson in the same area. It was pointed out by Troy Aikman on the on the TV to, uh, broadcast. Why are there two guys within the same three yards of each other running a route? You're just taking away two guys out yeah. of a, a route tree that may only have three or four. I mean, you're just limiting. You know, you're not helping yourself. But that's the growing pains that you and I and Packer fans we said this summer we would accept. Hey, we're ready to move on. And when, and yeah, when it but gets like here, you, said, you know, Brian, and it, it, it's easy to say you accept it until the games are being played, and then it's like, sure. wait a minute, hold on, because this yeah, is and, this and, is and that's a, the frustrating. Go ahead. This is the frustrating part. In what sense? Yeah, this, that's that's the that's the frustrating aspect of having expectations in summer. Telling yourself, for me, it was driving to work every morning or, or leaving work every day, saying you just got to be patient, got to understand. Watching preseason, though, they just looked like a different team, right? Jordan Love looked like right. a, a, a more confident oh, yeah. quarterback, and that was because the play calling was geared towards what he was comfortable doing. Right now it doesn't look like – it looks like they're forcing things with Jordan Love because they don't have any other answers on the offensive side of the ball. You, know, you don't have that Aaron Jones. You haven't had Christian Watson. 
you, you, your answers are very limited. And this is this is a big proving year for Matt Lafleur too, isn't it? Because you know you mentioned he and Aaron Rodgers arguing in the past. Now he's got a quarterback that isn't going to think for himself as much as Rodgers did. The sure. spotlight is is really, as you said, on his play calling. And if he can't get that figured out with his new guy, that could that could mean trouble. Yeah, and I, and that's a great point because you're absolutely a hundred percent spot on. Again. We talked about the defensive side. Pressure's on the floor to get Joe Barry to do what, what we sure. expect him to do, what, what the players expect him to do. It's also on Matt LaFleur for his own, his own offense because this is now his offense. You saw Aaron Rodgers check out of a lot of things. He had all the freedom in the world at the line of scrimmage, as he should have. He's one of the right. greatest throwers of the football. So it was a little bit of, well, what's Aaron Rodgers and what's Matt LaFleur's? Well, now it's all Matt LaFleur's. And this is like, I, to me, you know, we, this, the debate has been, well, is the bye week at, coming at, a, at too early? Or I think it came at the most perfect time. It, the, it couldn't have happened, honestly, better for the Green Bay Packers because, number one, you're not healthy. You can focus on getting guys back healthy. Your offensive line's banged up. Obviously, we've talked about Aaron Jones. Sure. I don't think Christian Watson's 100% healthy. If 100% Christian Watson doesn't get caught on that touchdown or on that run where he breaks away into the secondary, a, a healthy Christian Watson scores that touchdown. But for Matt LaFleur, to go back to your point, this week of self-scouting is going to be pivotal into the direction of whatever they go into in the second half of their season. You know, whether it be good or whether whether it be bad, this week where the bye week where they self-scout, where self-scout basically means turn on the film and you're just watching sure. what you're doing. No, you're not watching what the defensive teams are doing against you. You're watching what you're doing. You're watching everything Jordan Love does, A.J. Dillon, so on and so forth. So this is a huge week for Matt LaFleur to criticize himself because that's who it should fall on to. Obviously, Jordan Love's got to make better decisions on the football right. field. Monday night, I, thought, I think you, you saw a guy that was just trying to make a play, right? Yep. He was just trying to oh, make yeah. a play. Uh, the last throw, super, super frustrating. You thought that was a moment where we could, you know, 20 years from now, you'd be like, man, do you remember that Monday night Jordan Love comeback throw? He's thrown it up to his receiver who's 6'4". He underthrew him a little bit. That's a 50-50 ball. The D-back made a yeah. good play. You know, it is what it is. But you're just seeing a guy who is just trying to push to make a play. This week should be geared towards, hey, let's figure out, you know, whether it's timing, whether it's any confusion, a major week for Matt LaFleur to get that offense rolling into the direction it needs to roll. And for him to call plays that are going to help build the confidence of Jordan Love and make him play like the quarterback I think he can be. All right. Well, Brandon, we'll talk next week and preview uh, the pack in Denver. I appreciate you being here. As always, people can hear you in the morning on w, uh, on Wisconsin's Morning News. Brandon Snyder is with us every week for Tundra Talk. We'll talk next week, Brandon. we got to do this, then it's news time, WTMJ. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. Back to WTMJ Nights. My goodness, that music fills me with delight. Yes, it does. It's Brian Noonan. This is WTMJ Nights. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. Thanks again to Brandon Snide. He joins us every Thursday for Tundra Talk. And I'm playing this music for a reason. Well, I'm not. Uh, Isaac is playing this music at my request for a reason. Because the circus is back in town. But my question for you is, 
What was the most unusual date you went on early in your relationship? And the circus being in town triggered that for me. But first, let me get back to this, because I am unapologetically going to say I love the circus. I loved the circus growing up. I understand that there were issues and concerns about the way the elephants and the tigers and all the animals were treated. As an adult, I understand that. As a kid, I didn't know anything about it. I just knew that it was so cool when the elephants came in in a big line and when they would stand on the ball and when the tigers were jumping through hoops of fire and all of that. Um, now as an adult, I get that could that could be problematic, but that still does not kill my love of the circus. So imagine my joy when I read that for the first time in 25 years, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus, yes, the greatest show on earth, is coming to Fiserv Forum this weekend for six shows. Do you like the circus, uh, Isaac? Have you ever been to the circus? I went to the circus once when I was a kid. I, I do remember enjoying it quite a bit. I got to ride an elephant afterwards. Ooh, that was pretty cool. That's very cool. That's very cool. Yeah, we, we Ringling Brothers, obviously, that was the big ticket circus. When I was growing up, we used to go to the Shrine Circus. Uh, I've gone to Circus Vargas. When we were living in California, they set up a, a circus in a empty field a few, about a mile or so from my house. Uh, I went to that circus. I don't care. I love the circus. So they're coming back. Ringling Brothers ran for 146 years. They closed down in 2017 because of the aforementioned concerns about uh, the treatment of the animals. Um, so now they're coming. Milwaukee is only the uh, third city on the tour. It started in Louisiana at the end of September. And so now the circus is going to focus on human feats. Not the ones you walk on, but feats of daring and feats of amazing athletic prowess. According to the um, uh, a performer and guide for the Ringling Brothers Circus, uh, we've got flying trapeze, teeterboards, a human rocket. Oh, man, I can't wait to see a human rocket because I've always wanted to see a human cannonball. I've never seen an actual human cannonball, so I'm hoping the human rocket is close to that. Uh, BMX playground that fills an entire area, so it's things you can't see anywhere else. We wanted to reimagine the show for the 21st century, and we thought if we wanted to create the greatest show today, what would we make? So there you go. They've been uh, delighted by the response of the audience so far. Setup is going on right now at Fiserv Forum. It is a unique 360-degree spectacle according to Ringling Brothers. Uh, one show tomorrow night at 7, two show, three shows on Saturday, 11, 3, and 7, and on Sunday, 11 and 3, if you love the circus. Um, it's I haven't been to the circus. It's been a while. It, well, it was probably before 2017, maybe 2016 I went. Um, I got one of my... this Isaac, sometimes I'm a dork, and I'm not ashamed of it. Uh, on the old station I was at, they were coming to town and I got to interview the ringmaster. And so then they hooked us up. So we got some nice tickets and then we got to, got our pictures with uh, the ringmaster and some of the performers afterwards. It was like, oh, which was so much fun. That is really cool. It was very cool. And again, sometimes I'm like a little kid. I just, there's certain things that 
you'd look at me or you'd listen to me and you go there this is a guy who doesn't he's not gonna like the circus I love it and the reason I wanted to talk about unusual dates is because the circus was actually one of the first dates I took my now wife on when we were going out um, Ringling Brothers was coming to town we had only been dating a little bit and uh, I was like hey you want to go to the circus thankfully she said yes or it would have all been you know it would have all been for naught because I would have gone well I'm going anyway and then me alone at the circus would have led to I, I don't know what else, what it would have led to but um, it was the night of firsts for my wife one to see that the guy she was dating was so weirdly into the circus and two we went but so before we go to the circus I'm like well let's let's get something to eat and I took her to one of my uh, favorite beef places to get a beef sandwich but you had to stand up so she walks in she looks around she goes where do we sit I said oh we don't sit anywhere we just get our sandwich and we stand at the counter and she's like oh all right so I made her stand up to eat dinner then I took her to the circus are you shocked that we're still together so many years later I don't know it was uh, it was definitely an unusual date but she ended up having a great time and then she's gone you know every every time since that the circus has come we've gone to the circus I didn't know until today they were coming though and I can't I can't go this weekend I'll have to keep watching I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll come uh, somewhere else that's close uh, from the 414 I took my date to Chuck E Cheese and then we went and watched a movie and it was Michael Clayton yep it's a George Clooney movie not very PG rated probably not a good combination for a first date you talk about 180 degrees on a first date where you're at Chuck E Cheese I don't know I, I don't know how old you were but that's usually a place where kids have birthday parties and then you go to a movie that is uh definitely an adult film not not adult like haha <laughs> naked but adult in theme um yeah, that's an odd one. Isaac, did you ever uh, did you ever go on a weird date early in a relationship? Um, kind of an unconventional spot. My my current girlfriend, uh, one of our first dates, she took me to a store that she really likes here in Milwaukee called American Science and Surplus, okay. and they have science equipment and they have surplus items. So she's a science teacher. So she likes to go there to get science teacher equipment. But then you can also get, like, a blender. Um, I got a pair of – two pairs of Beavis and Butthead socks. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was a very strange place, and I would love to go back. All right. To get more socks? <laughs> to get a George Costanza Funko Pop. Oh, that would be fun. All right. Right? Sure. Yeah, that would be good to have. I like those Funko Pops. They're not uh, something. They're not uh, things are not going well in the Funko world, uh, business wise. Really, I, I remember reading. Oh, yeah. people aren't but buying have, enough uh, George Costanzas. I have enough. Uh, I have a bunch of Captain America Funko Pops in my uh, in my office. Nice. I I, I I won a Batman Funko Pop once. That's the only one I own. Oh man! All right, that's nice. That's a good one. I have an Elvis one too, which I like. That is good. That is, Elvis lends himself well to the Funko Pop design. Yeah, this is a Jailhouse Rock Elvis Funko Pop. Incredible. So he's in the black suit with the striped shirt. I love it. 
He's looking good. All right, if you went on an unusual date, maybe you didn't get Beavis and Butthead socks like Isaac. Maybe uh, you know, maybe you didn't have a beef sandwich and go watch an elephant poop like I did. But you may have a good story. Share it with us. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. Let's do this. It's WTMJ. More WTMJ Nights coming up. This is WTMJ Nights. The circus is back in town, and that's where I took my now wife on one of our early dates. I'm wondering if you had an unusual early or first date that uh, eh, maybe you stuck around for more, maybe that was it, and you got to go. Connie in Manitowoc says, class reunion, he was a good sport, and our second date was the reunion. We've been married for 14 years. Oh, that's then it must have it must have gone okay. Very good. Now, Isaac, you in the break you said, "Oh, I have a, a really good story. It's not my story. It's my girlfriend's story." Would you be able to tell it? Because I thought it was. Uh, yes, I it was I think I can tell this without getting okay. in any trouble with her. Uh, when she when she first moved to Milwaukee, she was you know early twenties, um, and she had matched with. A guy on a dating app, and they agreed to go get some coffee, which is fairly normal for a first sure. date. Um, but when the time comes, this guy gets dropped off by his parents first, which that's, you know, okay. Um, but he's in a full karate uniform. <laughs> and uh, Was she dating Jackie Chan? I, I, I don't think so. I think his name was like Scott or something. Okay. Um, yeah, so she ended the date pretty early, and then I believe he wrote her some poetry, and she hasn't talked to him since. Wow. I'm wondering what kind of uh, kind of poetry a man who showed... Now, how old was your girlfriend when she first got there? Because that sounds... First of all, his parents dropped him off. Were they under 16? No, she, she would have been like 22, probably. Okay. And this kid was probably... Yeah, same this, age. This, same age? Yeah, 21, okay. 22, somewhere in there. All right, so he sh he shows up. His parents drop him off. That's problematic right there. I'm guessing, ladies, if you're a 22-year-old woman and you're going on a blind date and a mom drops off uh, your potential paramour, that's got to be a red flag. So one red flag. Then he comes in dressed like he's going to, a, you know, he's meeting Ralph Macchio down at the community center to do a practice the crane move. What did did he explain to her why he was in a full karate gi? If he did, she never told me the explanation. Oh my. <laughs> that is <laughs> Listen, baby, I was going to change, but I just came from the dojo and uh, master really put us through our paces today. So, uh the sensei really worked me hard. I didn't have time to go home and put on my members only jacket. Cuz I'm guessing if you show up for a date in your karate gi, you're going to wear a members only jacket. Absolutely boot-cut jeans, and then fry boots with the square toes. And you took the wrong lessons from The Sopranos. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's a, that's a good one. All right, this, uh, this is uh, this exciting. They're making a big deal out of it in Florida. I've already been doing it for quite some time. Uh, grocery shopping is getting more fun in Florida. Publix, which is a fantastic uh, grocery store chain down in Florida in that area, uh, in Tampa and Orlando, they're going to allow you to drink craft beer and wine from the chain's bar and cafe while you shop. You can also order tea, coffee, a smoothie, or an acai bowl. 
I think, and my question is, do you think it's a good idea? My answer is yes. Um, Mariano's, which uh, I don't know if you've been to a Mariano's, a lot of them have the bar and you can get a beer while you shop. Now, I can understand some people would say, well, that, uh, what do you have to have a, got to have a beer to shop? No, you don't have to have a beer to shop. I've shopped millions of times without any sort of beverage. But there's something fun about, because they have the little cup holders right in the cart. So you go up, you order, and they, they usually have some sort of a special of the day. So you get yourself a beer, you put it in your cup holder, and then you just, you know, it may, makes uh, grocery shopping a lot less stressful. Suddenly, I don't care if people are walking four across down a narrow aisle. Because I'm just, all right, I'll, I'll wait and take a sip of my Martzen, and then I'll move along. So they're making a big deal of it. I, are there any, I don't know of any grocery stores in the Milwaukee area where you can drink. Isaac, have you heard of any where you can grab yourself a little beverage while you're grocery shopping? The pick and save that I shop at has a full service bar with TVs in it. Oh, oh so you can sit down. Yes, nice. there there are people who have made that their neighborhood bar. <laughs> I go down to the tavern. Well, listen, I my wife's been on me to get some uh, milk and bread, so why don't we just meet at uh, Pick and Save and just you know pound back a couple, then I'll get the groceries, kill two birds with one stone, everybody's happy. The wife's off my back, I've quenched my thirst, and Pick and Save has made a little extra money. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. All right, I got to go to that pick and which, which pick and save is it? It's over in uh, Shorewood, I believe. All right, got a man. Oh man, that's a nice. That's a nice. Uh, that's a nice park. And I, I don't see anything wrong with it. Technically, it's a metro market. If we're being specific, it used Let's to be, be a pick specific. and save. You know. Oh well. Okay, because pick and save. Nothing wrong with a pick and save, but it doesn't strike me as a place that would have a full bar in it. But Metro Market very sounds nice like utilitarian a uh, grocery store. Metro Market sounds like a in yes. grocery store bar type place to you. Metro Market sounds very uh, foo foo, very high end, very hey, we're going to do something. Would you like a Chardonnay while you thump the melons? Uh, and that's not a euphemism. Everybody thumps the melon before they before they put it in their basket. So uh, yeah, that's I'm I'm not surprised that it's a Metro Market. I was a little surprised with Pick and Save. Yeah, the Metro Market, they've got a bar, they've got escalators. What what more could you possibly want in a grocery store? Wow, only one thing, but I'm not mentioning it here. I'm going to keep that as a surprise just between me and uh, my therapist. There's uh, nothing else I could want as far as that goes. All right, we've, uh, we've talked a lot, so now we have to take a break. And then Jessica's going to do the news, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk uh, some more. So... Stick around. We love having you. It's WTMJ. Don't go anywhere. More WTMJ nights coming up. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Hour three of the big show. We're glad you're here. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talk tax line. Old National Bank, get old. Oh, my. We are, um, oh, 
a lot of people ha are having destination weddings. That's that's been a big thing for a number of years. I never. It, it's a generational thing. In when I got married, nobody had a destination wedding. The destination was the church, and then wherever you were going to have your reception, that was the big destination. But uh, now it's a thing. Now my daughter, who's not engaged, nowhere near getting married, already has her destination wedding planned. Um, I'm hoping, you know, that was another reason I was trying to win the Powerball, because she wants to have her wedding in Vail, and it, it, she's got every detail down to the last thing. And my, my cousin's son got uh, had a destination wedding. It was beautiful. It was in Colorado. I don't understand how people pick destination weddings, because a lot of the people that I've talked to about them or heard about, or even the one I went to, they had never been to this location. But they thought it was going to be beautiful, and they picked they picked the destination wedding, and that's I, I've got no problem with that. I want to ask you if somebody asked you to describe the most USA type of wedding you could have, what would it be? So a wedding that would encompass everything about America. And show your guests that, hey, this is what America is. And the reason I'm asking this is because a couple from Germany did just that. They wanted to have an, a, you, a, the ultimate United States wedding day. Isaac, where do you think they had their wedding for the ultimate United States wedding day? Mount Rushmore. That is a very good guess. It is incorrect, but it is a very good guess. No, Mike and Kathy Holler are from Munich, Germany. They got married at a McDonald's in Crosswell, Michigan, which is up in the, it's a very small town in Michigan's thumb region. So if you hold your hand up, hold up your right hand, somewhere up toward uh, the thumb knuckle, between the thumb knuckle and the nail, that's where, <laughs> that's where they got married at a McDonald's. They had 23 guests. Most of them flew in from Germany for this wedding. Um, they had they they went to McDonald's. Between they had the ceremony, then they all went to McDonald's on Sunday. The newlyweds arrived at the restaurant in a Mickey D's branded Ford Mustang, celebrated their love by sharing a cheeseburger, fries, McNuggets, and cokes, and were even joined by Grimace. Oh, that's nice of Grimace. Uh, the couple and the guests were also gifted a bunch of McDonald's swag, according to the press release. Because you got to put out a press release if Germans are getting married at your McDonald's in some small town. The Hollers are world travelers and McDonald's mega fans. They first came to the Crosswell area near Lake Huron in 2016. The couple wanted to have the ultimate United States wedding day. They said, we love McDonald's. I think that's clear. Every country we visit has its own unique burger or meal, so we like to try everything. We've been to McDonald's in Japan, Israel, Italy, all over Europe, and it's always fun because you have your standard meal that always feels home anywhere you are. Uh, the owner and operator of the McDonald's said, just to have the opportunity to do something different for these people from a different part of the world, it's just wholesome. Having our customers see how much we're willing to do for anybody it's good for McDonald's and good for our community. Uh, the couple plans to continue their honeymoon on the road. They're going to stop in Washington, D.C. as they see uh, more and more of America. Uh, Kathy said, 
I think when someone asks me about my favorite parts of the wedding, one of the first things that will come up is McDonald's. The experience we had there was so unique and special. The next time I'm at a McDonald's, I will have these memories with me. So there you go. McDonald's. Uh, McDonald's good for so many things. Who knew they'd be uh, good for a wedding as well? That is, uh, that's exciting. Would you ever get, uh, ever get married at a McDonald's, Isaac? McDonald's, maybe. I'm more likely to get married at a Culver's. Oh, oh, see more Wisconsin. Sure. Have some curds there. Oh, yeah. That would be lovely. It's funny. Now, we didn't get married at a McDonald's, but we got married right next to a McDonald's. The church we got married in was right next to McDonald's. So everybody's there early taking pictures. We have one of our wedding pictures is myself, all my groomsmen, the ushers, and my wife's uncle who was giving her away, all with a McDonald's Coke. So, all right. And I'm not even German. Now, it was, if it had been a Burger King next door, it would have been all Burger King drinks or whatever. It just happened to be that it was a McDonald's in uh, Mount Pleasant, Michigan. And um, there we go. So now I have, I have a 31-year-old picture of me and uh, my brothers and my buddies uh, all with a Coke. So that was, uh, that was lovely. I don't know. Culver's would be good. I think now, hmm, do you go, do you go just like uh, for the reception, just like butter burgers? Do you, you got to have custard for everybody. You got the butter burgers, you got the custard, you got the chicken tenders, and you got the cheese curds and the fries. It sounds like a good menu. Right there, everybody's I, happy. I, I think so. Are you so. going to have them fill out the little the menu card? Oh, do I want a butter burger or chicken? <laughs> Beef yeah, or chicken? there we go. And I've heard that Culver's vegetarian burgers are actually really good, so you got the vegetarian option there, too. Sure, because you're always going to have some pesky vegetarian coming to your, coming to your soiree. Ugh. <laughs> I, know, I know. But you got to feed them, or they complain. You know, and they're already weak from uh, not having any, uh, any meat in their diet. I now, say this as a man who avidly consumes vegetarian chicken nuggets. Do you really? I do. I love them. I, 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 I just don't really trust regular frozen chicken nuggets. And so, because I don't know. Because they're not, because you don't trust the meat? Yeah. I, this, uh, this combination of lab-grown chemicals seems more trustworthy to me. Well, let me, let me then steer you in the right direction. Because I have discovered, and, and they were, they were uh, recommended to me, um, these chicken nuggets, I get them at Costco. Okay. And they're actually chicken, they're like chopped up chicken breast. And a couple of the teachers that I work with, somehow chicken nuggets came up one night. Well, because we work with kids, and kids only want to eat chicken nuggets. And their kid, they have little kids, they eat chicken nuggets. These chicken nuggets are unbelievably delicious and i cook them in the air fryer and oh my god and it's just chunks of real chicken it's not it's not processed there's no uh you don't bite into a weird kind of uh i don't know what was i gonna say like a cartilage there's none of that it's called they're called just bear b-a-r-e lightly breaded chicken breast chunks Brian, I don't know what this says about our relationship, but I'm fairly certain we've had this exact conversation on air. Have we? I think right, so. Well then, I, I didn't know you had such a distrust for chicken nuggets. It's, All it's, right, well then, it's uh, just know. part of me. 
I, I get it. Well, there's my recommendation if you want to if you want to try them. Uh, fantastic, fantastic nuggets. Have you ever heard of uh, gurning? Is that is that a place or something you do? Well, I guess we'll have to explain, and we will do that after this. WTMJ Nights. The night is still young. More of WTMJ Nights coming up next. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. It's Brian Noon at WTMJ Nights. Yes, no more Nugget Talk. Uh, we're, we're done with Nugget Talk. We must move on to something else. But uh, we were talking about uh, weddings and the most uh, Amer- USA type of wedding. Rick in Norway, Wisconsin says, fun show tonight. We got married on the bicentennial weekend, July 4th, 1976. We had the reception at Circle B in Cedarburg, and the hall was decorated all things red, white, and blue. That's that's pretty close to the ultimate USA wedding. Very nice. And uh, John, weddings were shotgun weddings. It's the American way. <laughs> all right, that is, that is the American way, I guess, or used to be. All right, I asked prior to the break if you knew what gurning was. I was, uh, as the kids like to say, this many days old when I learned about gurning. Gurning is something that you do, Isaac, to answer your question. You asked if it was a place or something you do. It is something you do. It is something that you can do to get yourself in the Guinness Book of World Records. It is something that there had already been a Guinness Book of World Records until... A New Orleans resident named Javante Carter, or Holy GXD on Instagram, showed off his signature move on the uh, in Milan on a Guinness World Records Italian TV series. Gurning is where it's so it's so weird. You pull your lower lip up over your nose, so a. I can barely get my lower lip over my upper lip, but this guy pulled his lip out and it went up over his nose and he held, how long do you think you have to hold that to get a Guinness book of world, a Guinness world record, Isaac? Like 10 minutes or so. Oh, you, you die. You die. One minute, two seconds. Okay. He beat the previous record of 53 seconds. Um, yes, because, uh, you're covering your nose. And your mouth, so you can't breathe. So effectively, according to the Guinness World Records people, uh, who surprisingly didn't just go, this guy's crazy. Uh, No, they they were like, you need to suspend your breath. And also, all the muscles involved get really tired. He said he learned he had a talent for making this unusual face when he was in third grade. He said, I was eating lunch, and my classmate told me that when I eat, my whole face disappears. He asked me to chew without food, and I chewed, and as I did this thing with my face, everyone laughed, obviously, and my teacher went crazy. Yeah, so shout out to Javante Carter, who can now gurn better than anybody else on the planet. I, <laughs> I've never, it never ceases to amaze me the things people will do, can do, and the things that I, in all my years, have never heard of. I could have gone to my grave without knowing about gurning. You probably could have gone to your graves without knowing about it, too. But guess what? Now we all know about it. So, I guess do with that what you will. Here's something else that uh, was a little troubling. 
Do you believe in uh, Do you believe in Bigfoots and chupacabras and all those kind of things, Isaac? I certainly do. All right. Well, then you probably saw this. You're probably already trying to get out to Colorado um, because just the other day, a couple who was on a romantic break in Colorado claims to have captured Bigfoot Sasquatch on camera. Uh, they were wandering down a little. Uh, there a little path, a rail line between Durango and Silverton, Colorado, which is in the far southwest part of Colorado. I watched this video numerous times. Something is out there, and I don't mean to sound like the X-Files, because I don't know if it's the truth. But something was in something was <laughs> in this field wandering along, and it did not look human, and it didn't look like a hunter. Um so Shannon and Stetson Parker are their name. They claim to observe the legendary uh, creature while enjoying a sightseeing tour. We were looking for elk in the mountains, and my husband sees something moving and then can't really explain it, so he's like, Bigfoot. It was at least six, seven feet or taller. It matched the sage in the mountains so much that he's like camouflaged when crouching down. If you asked before our trip, we would have said maybe Bigfoot could be real, but now we're convinced. I find it, like, I want to believe because I saw the video, but then the rational part of me takes over and I go, there's no, there's not a chance it's Bigfoot. There's no Bigfoot. I've seen yeah. that video. That's Bigfoot. The one to the, from this Colorado couple? I, I think so. I just saw it like yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. It was like on, it was on a bunch of places. Yeah. I saw it on that's, TMZ. that's Bigfoot. You think it, it, but doesn't it look too much like an artist rendering or a movie depiction of Bigfoot. Doesn't it look like Harry and the Hendersons? Yes, but maybe Bigfoot just looks like that, you know? Um, yeah, okay, I guess. I guess uh, he could look like that, but... I just I, don't know what else it would be. I All right, here's the thing. I also wonder if it's power of suggestion. If we had seen this video without any sort of headlines, without any sort of prodding, if they just, because in one of the videos I saw, there was, it was just the video. Then another one, there was like a red circle with an arrow going, hey, look here. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, there it is. Would we have seen it without, because uh, there is like, I'm watching it right now too. There is definitely something walking along and then it sits down and it does it's the same color as as the ground and like the woman said the sage um and it was just kind of loping along but it almost looks it, it almost looks like somebody maybe in a sniper suit you know one of those ghillie suits that they wear that's maybe even more concerning to me <laughs> what that there's a sniper i don't i don't want a sniper taking me out while i'm just on a wilderness tour of colorado me either, but at least I believe in a sniper. I'm looking, now I, I've zoomed in, and I'm looking at, uh, it's very blurry, and it's an outline, so with the blurriness, yeah, theoretically I could see a face, but I also see a face on the moon. So it's not, it also looks like an extension of the sagebrush. The first part of the video where something is definitely walking across that, across the picture, you know? But, hmm, 
I don't know. So if a lot you, of people commenting that they believed it, like you, Isaac. Yeah. If if you want to be so logical about this, Brian, what do you what do you think it could have been? Well, I'm trying to figure that out. It looks all right from from the first couple steps. It almost looks like a jacket because the if you look if you look at the very back, and I'm gonna I'm gonna Zapruder film this thing. I'm gonna take it frame by frame, and we're gonna see just what's happening so when it first enters the screen there is a shadow pardon me that goes all the way around like what would be our waist if we were wearing like where a coat would end and your pants would begin and it's it's all the way around the waist now it could be his arm, because his arm does swing forward a little bit, and then the shadow swings down at an angle with his arm, or its arm. So it, it looks like a dude. And why is Bigfoot Why is Bigfoot getting tired? Why is a Sasquatch sleepy? You know? He's a busy guy. That's a guy. It's just a guy guy. Well, he's a tall guy. Well, from far away, everybody could look tall. Everybody on the internet looks tall, and then you meet them, and they're peewees. They're just wee little munchkins. I don't mind people thinking I look tall based on the internet, I think. I don't have to worry about it. I'm 5'6 on a good day. Oh, see, I'm 6'5 on a bad day. So I don't have to worry about it. I look tall whether it's on the internet or, or in person. That's why they put us on this show, because they say all the good comedy duos are a tall guy and a short guy. Right. That's that's exactly it. This guy also is he he does have the again almost too perfect the hunched over walk like you've seen in every uh in every Bigfoot movie or every Bigfoot uh depiction. I don't know. We'll see. I'm glad you believe, Isaac. I you've, like that there's people out there who are optimistic. You've made me a skeptic though. That's the problem. I don't don't let me don't let me tarnish your beliefs. I want You're to a believe. young, hopeful man. I've been around. I've seen I lived through the Chupacabra uh hysteria in the late nineties. I understand. Uh the, now here's the other thing. People have been saying they've been seeing Bigfoot in the Pacific Northwest since the 1800s. Um, there have also been uh, people who said they saw him in Arizona. So they're seeing him all over, you know? Uh, this one, okay. Earlier this year, an alleged Bigfoot was uh, supposedly caught on camera in Mississippi. So either Bigfoot is just has a great endurance walker, or it's all hoo-ha. But I'll leave it to you to decide for yourself. All right, when we come back, normally we focus our Florida camera on Florida man and his antics. Tonight, it's bad girl behavior. It's next on WTMJ Nights. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. Now more of WTMJ Nights. the AS test sending out an SOS we're here till 9 o'clock that it's the Dave Ramsey show oh normally when we hear uh 
criminal stories or dumb criminal stories. It's mostly about guys because guys are dumb. Uh, but sometimes, ladies, you get involved in the craziness. And that's when we have to shine a light on bad girl behavior. And, of course, our bad girl behavior first story comes from the state where everybody is kind of a little bit goofy. It could be the heat. It could be the bugs. Who knows? This one is from Florida. And normally, like I said, we start with a story, a Florida man. But this story, a Florida woman was arrested after she threw a sausage and a Coke can at a gas station cashier during a heated altercation. What a waste of a meal. DeAsia Cobb, she was arrested and charged with battery and disorderly conduct after the incident that unfolded uh, at a Quick King gas station in Ocala, Florida. You ever been to Ocala, Florida, Isaac? Not Ocala, no. It's horse country. It's uh, up in the north. That's where uh, that's where like John Travolta has his uh, house with his air airfield. A lot of uh, private airfields and horses in Ocala, Florida, and a lot of women very mad at their sausage. Cashier told deputies that the incident started when Cobb confronted her, saying she could could have handled her two transactions at once. The two reportedly shouted racial slurs at one another. When Cobb allegedly grabbed a sausage from a hot tray and its tongs and hurled them both at the cashier, oh, the sausage hit the cashier in the right wrist and the tongs in the right leg. This is a very detailed story. And I'm glad because now we can picture it in our head. I thought it was like a Slim Jim or a salon, like a smoked sausage or something. No, it was off the roller where they keep the eight-week-old hot dogs that nobody should ever eat. I don't know anybody. I, I've, I've eaten a lot of horrible things in my time. I've eaten a lot of gas station food in my travels. I've never been so hungry that I picked one of those sausages off the roller or a hot dog. I also would never throw one at a cashier, but that's me. Uh, the cashier grabbed the sausage off the floor. She went outside and threw it at Cobb's car. Uh, Cobb retaliated by throwing a Coke can she just purchased and the same sausage at the cashier. <laughs> I've heard a hot potato, but hot sausage. Um, soda can hit the counter. The cashier was able to get out of the way. The store owner, who witnessed the entire incident, said Cobb needed to leave. Cobb said she wasn't going to leave and she wasn't trespassing, so she didn't, didn't leave. How, do th how does anything escalate to that point? I think it all escalates to that point because as a society, we're lunatics. Everybody is, everybody is hyper on edge all the time. There's not really a let it flow mentality out in the country uh, anymore. Everybody is, everybody's looking for a fight. Everybody's looking to report somebody. It's, uh, we're, all, we're all keyed up. We're all angry. We're all trying to figure out if Sasquatch is real. We gotta throw sausages around at a gas station. Settle down. Uh, all right, let's stay. Let's stay in Florida for bad girl behavior story number two. Uh, this is from Orange County, Florida. That's the Orlando area. A woman allegedly borrowed an alligator from her previous job for a birthday photo shoot and kept it inside a hotel bathtub. That's not another one of your girlfriend's stories, is it, Isaac? It is not. No. My girlfriend has never done that. She never borrowed a gator? Never borrowed one, no. No, <laughs> no. she just straight up poached it. All right. Fair enough. Um, the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Officer, who was dispatched to the uh, 
Grove Resort and Water Park in Winter Garden. Um, he went there after the Orange County Sheriff's requested assistance in dealing with a juvenile alligator that a woman uh, was keeping inside the hotel bathroom. It's got to be a hard enough job to be a housekeeper at a hotel, especially at a uh, water park hotel where there's a ton of little kids and they're the mess in the room must just be horrible. And imagine coming in and you're already like, oh, I got to clean a toilet after these people been doing God knows what in there. And all right, let me put some towels in. Let me open the shower curtain. Ah! There's a gator in the tub. Then you call the cops and the cops freak out. So they got to call Fish and Wildlife. Um, now, the woman said that she used to work at Croc Encounters in Tampa which is not a shoe store. Isaac, I know you were thinking, well, uh, that, that can't be right. She said she borrowed, and this is in quotes, borrowed the alligator without permission. That's stealing. Maybe I'm wrong. Check the, uh, check the dictionary for me. But borrowed without permission is stealing. Uh, Austin telling me that I need to reevaluate that the Quick Trip hot dogs are pretty good. All right, well, qu listen, Quick Trip is a high-quality operation. So maybe they don't leave the hot dogs out there for days and days. But you got to admit, some places, ooh, they've, they're not good. All right, Austin, I'll give it a try. Thank you for the, uh, thank you for the tip. So uh, she went to the wildlife. She, she borrowed the alligator. She wanted to bring it to the hotel, take pictures with it for her birthday. Now, this is a grown woman. I don't even think a kid would want alligator pictures for a birthday. And I wouldn't want alligator pictures on my birthday unless they, I got some new Tony Llamas or something. Then I'm like, oh, all right, I'll, I'll wear some gator shoes. That would be fine. So she went to the wildlife facility. She nabbed the gator. She drove the gator back to the hotel and put it in the bathtub. Unfortunately, um, she got caught. So... Uh, her friends who were there for the party said they had she had a surprise for her upon driving to Croc Encounters and snatching the gators. Unfortunately, the gator was cold to the touch from being inside cold water in the bathtub. You gotta you gotta leave some lukewarm water for the gators. Uh, officials got a hold of Croc Encounters. They confirmed that the woman did used to work there, but wasn't an employee anymore, and she did not have permission to take that gator. All right, there's two. Those are, those are pretty wild, bad girl behavior stories. But after the break, I have one. And the excuse for this bad girl behavior, um, I don't know. I think if I wasn't married, this might be a woman I would want to uh, make my AI girlfriend. I'll tell you the story after this, WTFJ Night. This bad girl behavior. One more story about the bad girls. Girls gone bad. Maybe they didn't start out bad, but they ended up bad. Just like you like them, Isaac. All right, this is from Muncie, Indiana. We move north from Florida. Bad girls are bad girls are not kept in one state. You might have a bad girl uh, near you right now and not even know it. Police claim a Muncie woman didn't know what the big deal was about stealing a Kia from a car dealership in order for her to drive to Indianapolis for an interview. What kind of interview, Isaac, if you were going to steal a Kia from Muncie, Indiana? Not that you ever would, but if you if you found yourself in a predicament where you thought, I have to drive to Indianapolis, I'm in Muncie, I don't have a car, I have an interview. I'm going to steal a Kia because I'm interviewing for blank. She's interviewing for a position with the Kia boys. Oh, no, that is a good, would you like to take another guess? It's like match game. 
I was driving to Indianapolis for a job interview to be blank. If it's Indiana, I'm going to guess she's driving to manage like an Arby's or something. Oh, you are so wholesome. Nope, she was driving to Indianapolis in a stolen Kia because she was interviewing to be an exotic dancer. All right. That makes it. See, now, you should have you should have garnered from my from my tease of this story that she might, be, you know, she's the kind of girl that, uh, you know, a young me might have been attracted to. Now, well, I shouldn't say that because Arby's manager, if she could have hooked me up with some beef and cheddars, you were right on target there. That would have been okay. Exactly. Been, I know my audience. Right. Right. <laughs> Your first guess, the Kia Boys. Now, uh, oh, man, oh, I, I, it just got, I just got the Kia Boys reference. All right. I, I was a little slow on the uptake. That was a good one, too. No, uh, Cassia Shelton acted like the whole thing was a joke, and she did not understand what she was going to be arrested for after police tracked her down and questioned her about the stolen car. You got to admire a woman <laughs> who just thinks, I could take a car and go interview to be a, an exotic dancer. What's the harm? Yeah. Well, they learned of the theft, which was a 2013 Kia Optima. She stole a nice look, a nice look. Well, no, ten-year-old car. All right, um, from an employee at uh, RDI Motors in Muncie. They called the police. Well, the employee told officers that uh, she came into the dealership and asked to ask to look at the Kia Optima. The employee had been preparing the car for a test drive, but said the phone kept ringing and that no one was ever on the other end of the line when he answered. I don't think she worked alone. The employee reportedly told Shelton to wait a moment while he answered the phone yet again, but Shelton drove off in the Kia. Um, they used the flock camera system to track the stolen car, spotted it on cameras going south towards Indianapolis and later returning to Muncie. They connected Shelton to the car because she reportedly filled out a form on the dealership's website to buy another vehicle. You gotta love when a woman is crazy and not really bright. She's checking all the boxes. Not for a long-term relationship. You know, maybe you go out for a couple months. Because crazy is fun until it's not. And once crazy is not fun, it's really not fun. Well, the court documents reveal that she admitted to stealing the car. However, after police informed her that they knew who she was and what she had done, um, she returned the vehicle by dropping it off at, in the Muncie Mall's parking lot located right next to where she stole it. Uh, she left the keys in the Kia, which I think is very nice. Uh, the stolen Kia ended up being recovered um, in another town, however, because somebody else stole it. Oh, my goodness. I've, I know I've been to Muncie, and I know I've been to Indianapolis. I'm wondering if there are just no places, if you're an exotic dancer, to ply your trade in Muncie, or if the money is just better in Indianapolis because it's a bigger town. What's the lure of stealing a car to go to Muncie? I, I don't know, but I have been to Muncie. I've played a show in Muncie. Um, I, I got to tell you, if, if the, the bad girl behavior is not coming from Florida, it makes sense that it would be coming from Muncie. Because Muncie, <laughs> the sun doesn't shine in Muncie. I, wow. I, I, I just... I, I just don't think it does. Was the show uh, not good? Was the crowd just rowdy? No, the show the was fine. Breaking beer bottles over their heads. Mun Muncie is just a weird town, man. Like That's you know, where Ball State is right. Um, I believe so. Yeah. Yes. Pardon me. 
I, you know how sometimes you just go to a city and it's got a weird vibe to it? Yes. That's, that's Muncie to me. Okay. Yeah, I was only there once and it was for a marching band competition when my daughter was in high school. So I didn't see much of Muncie. I saw the, the Ball State Stadium and then uh, their band didn't qualify for the nighttime stuff, which I was happy about because then we went to a brewery and had dinner and uh, stayed at the hotel and went home the next day. So I didn't spend right. a lot of time in Muncie. You're probably better for it. Yeah, it didn't seem like, you know, didn't seem like it had a whole lot uh, to offer. But the, the, a lot of, a lot of, it went, I shouldn't say that because it was like every town that size that I've been to all across the country. You know, you've got your chain restaurants and your your Walmart and your Target and a couple local places. And this one had the nice brewery and they had the university. But, uh, and so I didn't, like, I didn't interact with a lot of locals because the only people I interacted with were at the band competition and those were all the people from my daughter's school so i knew them and then uh at the restaurant you know we were by ourselves and the people who waited on us were very nice and you know checking in and out of the hotel was no big deal but um i don't know i'm guessing though if i was performing there it would be different like you had to you had to stand in front of the masses in muncie Oh yes, lots of lots of masses at our show in Muncie. Um, it was it was it was it was just an odd town. Although I will give them points for their thrift store had a okay. uh, had a phenomenal tapestry of Washington crossing the Delaware that we still <laughs> use as like the tablecloth for our merch table to this day. Oh my gosh. And it was uh, right next to a place called Bad Boys Bail Bonds, which I, I yeah. still like to think about every once in a while. That you know that somebody had that on their wall till they had to go get their cousin out of jail and they used they went to the pawn shop to get some money for their George Washington tapestry to go next door to Bad Boys to set up the bail. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Do you ever wonder what crime was committed that you were now you now are in possession of that tapestry instead of the original owner? I try not to think about it. All right. Well, I'm guessing it couldn't be that serious. If you know. if you're solving it with Washington crossing the Delaware, it can't be anything that bad, unless we're now in the possession of the world's most expensive tapestry. Wow. <laughs> and you don't even know it. And you're we don't it even a know. Merch tablecloth. Exactly. Yeah. It could be. Could be. You're gonna go on one of those treasure hunter shows, and somebody's gonna. That tapestry is worth fifty thousand dollars, and you've been putting CDs and T-shirts on it. Yeah, we'll stop by the uh, the Pawn Stars shop. Yeah. Oh, they're not gonna give you anything. They don't give anybody no. Anything. They don't give anybody anything. No, because it's Vegas, and they know everybody's a degenerate, so they'll take whatever they can. You gotta go to a. You gotta go somewhere where they they think you you don't really need the money. Which is hard when you walk into a pawn shop for them to think that you don't need the money because obviously you need some money. But uh, what would you do now? People who are not people who don't travel for work, or are like a musician, or a comic. Like my days were always free on the road, and you're you know unless you were playing kid shows or matinees, your days were free on the road too. What would you do to kill time when you were in a town like Muncie, other than like go to the thrift store to look for tapestries? We we have a habit of being way too early for the load in for our shows, and for our for our first couple tours, uh, what we would do is just find a parking lot and sit in our van for you know four <laughs> hours or whatever. Oh, no. um, but 
No, we 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 like to find like national parks and stuff that are nearby. Um, okay. You know, the, we visited Niagara Falls once. It was pretty nice. nice. Um, or if we we've we've made a lot of friends at this point. So if we've got a friend in a town and we've got some time to kill, we'll have them you know take us to their favorite ice cream spot or something. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I I used to fill my time. With a lot of uh, like sightseeing, like you said, you mentioned you mentioned Mount Rushmore earlier. I got to see Mount Rushmore during the day when I was working in uh, South Dakota. Uh, I've seen a lot of things that way. Used to go to a lot of matinees uh, because this was back in the day when they still had like dollar and two dollar theaters in a lot of towns. And the middle of the day, nobody's going to the movies because most human beings are at work. So I would go to the movies in the middle of the day and be the only one in the theater. It was great. Um, you know, would go, you want to, you want to see consistency across the country. You go to any mall in America and malls aren't even really a thing anymore, but used to be every mall, every mall was the same. It had every, the same stores in every mall, except there'd be like one or two regional stores where we'd be like, oh, this is kind of unusual. And that was that. But like I saw Tombstone when I was working in Tucson, I drove down to see Tombstone, uh, did all kinds of stuff like that because you got to find ways to kill the time or you just go nuts. If you can yeah. find a uh, Dave and Buster's, that's that's the sweet spot. That's your golden ticket. See, I've never been in a Dave and Buster's. Brian, it's, I don't really, it's, I don't really the, play arcade games. It's the best place on earth. They got bowling too. Oh, do they really? The the one I went to in Philly does. All right, um, maybe I'll check it out. I don't, you know. Now, thankfully, I don't have to go on the road. I just. <laughs> I try not to leave the house, even to go to the grocery store. But uh, what I do have to do is take a break because things are getting close. It's WTMJ Nights. The night is still young. More of WTMJ Nights coming up next. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI HD2 Milwaukee from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. Not much time left, so I will save. Tomorrow night, uh, we have uh, we have some bears in the news. Not the Chicago Bears, but you know I love to talk about black bears and uh, grizzly bears and all sorts of bears, so we have some bear news. Tomorrow night on the program, at the breweries, we'll be here. We'll be talking to 1840 Brewing, and uh, they have something very, very exciting that uh, happened to them. So we'll be talking about their brewery. We'll be uh, learning about their kind of beers and uh, taking your beer questions on at the breweries. That's going to be at 7 o'clock tomorrow night on the big show and uh, a whole lot more. So hopefully you'll be here then. Isaac, uh, tell everybody again the name of your single that is now out so we can get you to 2,000 streams on Spotify in two days from your uh, from your band, Barely Civil. Barely Civil. The song is called Coasting Mostly. It's off an album that uh, may or may not be out uh, next year. May or may not be out next year. What would what would hold the album up from being out next year? Is there infighting in the band? Is there trouble? Is this going to be a behind-the-music situation? Oh, no, nothing like that. Right. I, I'm just trying to be mysterious. Ooh, I like that. The enigmatic Barely Civil. We don't know when they're going to release or what they're going to release, and they drop us little breadcrumbs along the way to make sure that our musical needs are satiated. Would that be accurate? 
Yes, that is that is exactly what we're trying to do. Is that exactly what we're going for? <laughs> to be very enigmatic. Yes, we're known for being mysterious and sure. enigmatic. Oh, that's is that the calling card of uh, barely civil? That's why we wear uh, you know full face masks of Richard Nixon every show. Nobody wow. even knows who we are. You're like the dead presidents. Exactly. Have you heard of a band? We were talking about this band the other night. There were McDonald's, uh, some sort of crazy McDonald's heavy metal band. Oh, Max Sabbath? Max Sabbath. Oh, yeah. We were, uh, now, Tommy was trying to get Max Sabbath because they, I think Monday they're in Milwaukee. So Tommy's trying to get them on the show. We'll see. I don't know how Max Sabbath is going to do here. That would be phenomenal. (laughs) All right, listen, have a wonderful night. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of the program. Isaac, thank you for all your hard work. Congrats on the new single. I'll talk to everybody tomorrow night at 6. Have a great one.